0: Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Abhishek. We're a cross-cultural couple doing life in India, exploring the lesser known mysteries of Indian culture, interviewing fascinating figures who have chartered new territories, and sharing life as we raise our multicultural family amongst the complexities of modern Indian life. Hey everyone, before we hit the episode, I wanted to tell you about Language Curry and how much I love what they're doing with Helping people to learn South Asian languages. They're an Indian owned company, and right now they're offering live classes in Hindi, Tamil, and Sanskrit, right now, April, May 2021. They're offering special discounts for listeners of the Invisible India podcast, and they also have Punjabi, Garneta, Gujarati, and Marathi. You can find the discount codes on our website, slash offers. Namaste, Jessica. Today, Invisible India podcast episode, I'm going to tell you guys about the top five craziest raw experiences that have happened to me in my 15 years in India. It is our 50th episode. Yes. And of course, you can also find this recording on youtube so if you want to see my face and see pictures along with this episode things that we're, i'm talking about the raw experiences go over to youtube before i get into that i wanted to share a little bit about patreon in a way that you can support our show this year patreon is a community where you can support artists and creators uh, pledging a certain amount a month so if you consume our content you can go on to patreon.com invisible india i'll put the, the link in the show notes in the comment section, please consider giving to the show if you enjoy our content and benefit and learn something. It would really, we would really appreciate you um, contributing to our show. You can sign up for as little as I believe $3 a month and you do get perps whenever you sign up. You get specialized content and special information and insights into the show. Let's get on with the five top raw crazy things that have happened to me in India. The first two are dumb experiences that were my fault because I didn't know the language, the culture, just rookie mistakes. One, natural disaster. One, religious experience. And of course, everyone has to have a good wild animal story. So let's get into it. Number one, let me tell you about the time I got kicked out of my apartment. I was new in the city. I had just gotten an internship and I had moved into this apartment where uh, it was another foreign woman and I, uh, I think she was from Romania. And we had uh, moved into this apartment to uh, both have an internship with this IT company. This was in Northern India in a smaller town. We moved into this place, got it all, all set up. It was the first night we were gonna sleep there and we had a little housewarming get together with some of our colleagues. And naive me, you know, we had them everyone over, and it was basically this. This apartment was the top floor of a um, like a uh, someone's house, like Kisika Gerta. It was actually someone's proper house. This auntie and this uncle were very uh, strict vegetarian. Their house always smelled like ghee. They were very uh, old school, very religious. And so having a foreign woman living in their house, I think was already a bit of a stretch, but I'm sure they were appreciative to have, you know, a renter. (laughs) And so basically I had to walk through part of their house to get to my place. And they could see everyone that was coming or going. And I thought this would be good. This is a security thing. This is safe. This is secure. I'm not going to have any problems. Well, I basically went up to my house on this first night, had the party, and then one of my colleagues, who is also a foreigner, was late, so he came by himself. And so it looked as if here this woman is having random men over that are by themselves. I had, the whole, I had a whole bunch of other people over there, there was a party going on, there were couples, there were families, there were kids, there were other women, and then just one guy came by himself. So I think these people thought, this is a catastrophe so they called me over with my boss who had kind of helped to facilitate the rental and we're like she's a terrible person she's a bad girl she's this she's that i'm like Me-nick-yaki. of course i didn't know hindi at the time i was very fresh and basically my boss kind of advocated for me he's like you know, she's really a nice girl, like whatever. They're like, no, she's bad. They wouldn't tell what I did. But that's the only thing I could figure out was that my colleague had come over by himself late to the party, there were other people there, and they were just like, nee, larki say nee. So <laughs> I got kicked out of that apartment The that next day. I lived there for like one day, and they're like nee, <laughs> So my lesson in that was people are always watching. Number two, of course, everyone has to have a good cow poop story. So my initial cow poop story, of course, this is again, not knowing the culture, not knowing the language, not knowing this, the surrounding circumstances. So here I was, I was walking with some friends uh, on the main road. This is again in North India in my first couple years during my internship in um, Haridwar. So I was walking down the road with a group of friends, guys and girls both. And we, there was something, uh, the guys had gone one way back to their house and the girls, myself and I, I, my my roommate and I had moved, you know, again to a new apartment. Um, So we were walking down the street and the guys across to go home and we were on this side. And I had forgotten to tell the guys something. I I couldn't remember what it was at this time, but I, I, so I like yelled across the street, which, you know, you're not supposed to do. Like a woman like yelling anywhere is inappropriate, right? so I was like yelling, like, Hey guys, guys, like whatever it was. And then I was, I, I it was kind of important, whatever it was. So, and so then I started to like run to catch up to them. I was going to like run to catch up to them so they could hear me here. I am in my like Salvar Camis running and you're never supposed to run first of all. And it, it's culturally inappropriate. You can't really run in a Salvar Camis. And then thirdly, it's just not that safe. So here I go running down the street. I didn't make it more than 10 steps. I trip on a brick or something, some kind of cement in the road, launch Superman style, literally in the air into a huge pile of cow diarrhea, like green, all over my shirt, I'm covered. It's just disgusting. So there I go, my pride is bruised. I, I have now caught the attention of everybody uh, the guys, my friends had seen me literally launch in the air, they start laughing and then they see that I'm actually like very shaken up. I, and then wind had been totally knocked out of me. It was very embarrassing. So number two, <laughs> the reason people walk, there are reasons that people walk and not run. And you know, the best thing to do is just call them and you know, whatever. Most of us didn't have smartphones so we couldn't text back then. But this is, that was the, my learning number 3 natural disaster i have told this story before but i'll share it again recently a couple of years ago here where we are now in bihar this was to this was 2019 so bihar is known for a lot of uh, flooding and uh, and it's not because we get more rain than anywhere else it's because our systems are um, not not as developed as they should be there are corruption matters when it comes to the municipalities and there are some issues when it comes to the um the agricultural practices in northern Bihar so there are actually um certain uh, um like uh, the rains come down from Nepal and there are ways to stop these rains from like leaking down from the mountains into Bihar um but everyone knows that it happens but the Politicians don't do anything about it. So like everything else, you know, people blame the, the politicians here. <laughs> but uh, this is one of those circumstances, as far as I understand, it's a preventable problem. So we had really bad rain. Tw- 24 hours raining, 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 raining. Wouldn't stop. So basically, um, I'm by myself with our two children in our apartment. We live in a whole apartment complex. And the rain is just coming and coming. Abhishek was actually in Bali for a conference, lucky him. So it's raining and raining and raining and it's just not stopping. So I was supposed to go for something that day and I had to call say, I'm not gonna make it. It's raining really bad. I don't think I can even get my car out. Little did I know how worse it was gonna get. Over the next 24 hours, it just didn't stop and nothing was draining. The The Ganges was completely overflown uh, and the town where we live and it was like totally over, completely just Some parts of the city were waist high with water, and this was became very dangerous because um, electricity was out, uh, you know, you couldn't get food, you couldn't leave your home. So, I was inside the complex with my kids uh, for I think two or three days before Abhishek got back. His flight fortunately landed in the part of the city where the airport is, didn't get as flooded, so he comes in, he had to thankfully a friend of ours came to pick him up, but they could not get inside our colony because the water was so bad. Abhishek hired a cycle rickshaw to pull him. Again, this guy was like waist deep up to here in water. I have, I will share pictures of it with this episode. He was waist deep like having this guy pull him because you couldn't have any motorized vehicle come through at all. He like got back into our colony and there was just it was it was terrifying. So I had told him before he came, I'm not in a great mental place, just to let you know. Uh, so he came back. Fortunately, he was able to. We were able to get some food. We had to go walking in the sewage water. So slowly, as it got worse and worse and worse over the last few days, you know, we started seeing like dead animals floating in the water. We had heard reports of people being electrocuted. Um, you know, just these things start to happen when you have sitting water for so long. It was pretty scary at different points. We had run pretty low on food, and um, Abhishek eventually had to break down and go out and wade through the water to go get food and whatnot. So it took about two weeks for the water to fully go down, um, but we were able to get out before that. But we were trapped in our house for about, I think, six days, and it was pretty scary. You can't get out, you can't go anywhere, and it was just this feeling of being trapped. So that was also a very raw, experience for me. And I never experienced anything quite to that level where it was, you know, literally a life or death thing for some people and people did die from that experience. Again, we're very fortunate. We're very privileged that we had extra stocks of food. I was able to make it to a neighbor's apartment and use her electricity because she had like a generator that was working. Ours was totally out. I had resources where I could basically have thing, backup plans. My work didn't get super, super, super screwed up and I didn't lose my job, things of that sort. The learning there was always be prepared for a disaster and have an evacuation plan. And our big mistake was we didn't have a solid evacuation plan. And I was already running on pretty empty because I'd been by myself with our children for about 12 days while Abhishek was gone. So. It was kind of the, the perfect storm, which tends to happen to us sometimes. But one of my learnings was don't ever let it get that bad where you're basically in a desperate situation where I really couldn't have evacuated because I was so exhausted and didn't have the resources I need. Um, even though Abhishek wasn't there, I couldn't have done it by myself. So I just kind of sit had to sit there and wait for him to come back in the middle of a disaster. <laughs> Number four. Okay, a religious experience that i had was back in 2006 when i had gone to calcutta for the first time calcutta was the first city large city that i went to in india and of course it's very overwhelming it's i mean just your senses are like ignited and it's just such an incredible city the rawness of calcutta is something that people have talked about for trees really for me, it was no different. Of course, we went from the, to all these different places, which are like these iconic places of Kolkata, the different architectures and even Park Street and all of these little dhabas, or uh, they don't call it dhaba there, but these different places in Kolkata to eat and see the different communities is really incredible. We went to Kali Ghat, which is one of the most famous and oldest temples. It is Kali Mandir, which is like uh, an incarnation of Durga. I went on like a, with a group of students. And our guide had told us that this is one of the places where they used to do human sacrifices. Again, I don't know how true that is, but this is what we were told. So I had gone in with this mindset of being a little bit. You can imagine me, I'm like 23 years old. So I didn't know any, I had like never seen an animal being slaughtered before. So this for, this was gonna be new for me. I don't mean to criticize anyone's religious experience. I'm just sharing my own, um, feelings of shock, raw experience from being a newbie and not understanding the culture and the the different religious experiences others were having. So here I am, they said, oh, we're gonna, you know, they're gonna sacrifice different animals. So um, this is one of the only temples at the time in India, from what I understand, that was still doing like live sacrifices. Most places don't do this, but this was one that's still doing it. And there are other places in Kolkata and different parts of Odessa. and, And many of you know a lot about this than I do, so feel free to comment and let me know the other temples that do this if you want to get into a conversation more in depth. Kaligat, they were going to be sacrificing a buffalo. We had gone this group of students, and uh, none of us knew what to expect. But there's this little girl standing there with literally a lollipop, and she's like licking the lollipop. Bunda start chanting, and they're getting ready to do the sacrifice. And there's this little girl just like sucking the lollipop, and so they take the big, huge, uh, it's not a machete, but it's a thing they use in the temple to specifically cut the animal and take this buffalo. This is this huge animal. And they like slice the head off. And it just, whoosh, whoosh. you can imagine. And this little girl is just sitting there, just like licking a lollipop as if this, she does this all the time. So I realized like there's, I'm missing something here. That this is a somewhat normal experience for other people. And I know there would be uh, many Indians, Hindus even, that would be very disturbed by watching that. But in this case, uh, these people were regular bhaktas at this temple. And so they were totally familiar with this. But for me, it was like a very shocking experience to see that. Again, not criticizing anyone's religious experience or saying that there's anything wrong with doing this. But I just was like very shocked by that experience personally at that time. I think it would be different now that I've been in India for a long time and I see dead animals all the time now. So <laughs> it's no big deal. Experience number five. All right. Raw experience number five again has to do with an animal. I am terrified of spiders. I don't mind snakes. I don't mind large animals. I don't mind dogs. I don't mind anything really. I'm not scared of a lot of things. Spiders. I have a problem with <laughs> in Musuri, which is up in the northern parts of Uttarakhand, or in the in the foothills of the Himalayas. This was back in 2017, so I was pregnant with our daughter. I was gonna do a language course and Abhishek had some things he was gonna take care of while he was there. Gone in the summer, it was supposed to be a nice retreat. We went to stay up in Landour, which is beautiful. It's so pristine, gorgeous place. I know many of you have been there and heard about it. We had stayed in this home, which was an adorable cabin. Some of our friends told us about it. It's so quiet, it's so beautiful. They were totally right. The thing they didn't tell us is that the spiders... (laughs) I knew about the spiders of Landauer before because I had been there back in 2007, uh, and I had seen the spiders, but I thought, okay, maybe this place will be better. or Maybe it won't be so intense. Oh, how wrong was I? Apparently, the monsoon had kind of started early in the summer. So here we had these spiders were literally coming out of the walls. And the friends of ours who had stayed there before, they said, oh, we saw like one or two the whole month we were there. I saw one or two in the first hour. I saw every day, every time we came back, there was one. And and these are not little. These are quite large. Like they're definitely about the size of my palm um, and like hairy and you can see the eyes like those kind and the locals just thought i was literally like the biggest idiot ever because i was so scared and i could not sleep with these spiders in my room there's like Every time I would like move a towel, I would like shake out the towel and so sort they of, like, I'm flying out of there. I'm like, oh my God, like I just couldn't. And I was pregnant, I just could not handle it. I was trying to deal with it, trying to deal with it. I en- ended up borrowing a um, machardani, mosquito net from a friend that we had up there. And like, I literally cannot sleep with these spiders like hanging all over the whole walls and everything so within a week i think we had seen about 25 to 30 of these large spiders every time we came in and they would come out at night and just sit on the wall and like oh uh. <laughs> i just was complaining to abby shake i really can't stay here this is so hard for me finally the last straw we knew that there were scorpions in the area. I was a little bit scared that they were gonna, I was gonna see one, but I just kind of was like concerned about the spiders. We had complained to the uh, owner of this place and we had already made a booking like pretty well in advance. And we thought there's no way she's gonna let us get out of this. We're gonna lose so much money if we move from here and where else are we gonna stay? I have one more week of classes left. The night before we were gonna go talk to the lady and like beg her to let us leave and give us our refund. I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom because I'm pregnant I walk into the bathroom and there is a scorpion on the floor of the bathroom black scorpion I just lose it like I I take my chuppel in my sandal and I like try to smash and smash and whatever I I I did smash it because I had a really thick chuppel and usually I'm not one for killing things but I just I couldn't handle it anymore so I went back to bed. I woke up up be shake. I was just like, no. The next morning we got up and I told the lady uh, who owned the place. I said, I cannot stay here anymore. I'm so sorry. Could you please refund our money? I told her the whole story. Thank God she refunded our money. <laughs> and let us move somewhere else further down the hill where there were less spiders and scorpions. With all that to say, I hope you enjoyed my five stories of raw indian experiences i've had a lot more i'm sure you've had a lot more these were some that were more fun some of them which were kind of intense but from different categories of life and i hope you might be able to relate to some of those stories again i'm not criticizing india i love india i live in india i have lived in india for a long time most of my other episodes you can listen to and hear about all the wonderful things that I enjoy about this place. But these are some experiences that I have had. Again, some from my own stupid mistakes, the things that happened to me because I didn't know, and some things which just happened. Namaste, thank you for listening. So, please listen up next for our next episodes where I'm gonna be interviewing a number of incredible thought leaders and stereotype breakers. The music for the Invisible India podcast is performed by Christopher Halen Sitar and Ed Hanley on Tabla on Rag Bhim Palasi.